mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? No. <laughs> Back with episode 42. This is the Brooklyn episode. Okay. But uh specifically her name is Brooklyn Praise. Her middle name is Praise. Praise. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a Joe, a simple Joe kid. Okay. Now is it Praise like P-R-A-Y-S, or is it praise, I like you give somebody praise? Give praise, yeah. Okay. Brooklyn praise. Okay. okay. So not like praise, like praise. The verb. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. praise. Give praise. So for today's episode, we're going, th- we're recapping Duggars and Daughters, which premiered July 7th of 2009. Mildred is sitting here very nicely. Mm-hmm. Last oh. time she laid on the carpet. Yeah, she's just sitting here very nicely next to me. So the the DVD actually has the episodes out of order, oddly enough. So I check multiple sources to confirm because I was like, something seems off. And like I checked two different websites. Okay. And yeah, so it's out of order on the DVD. So somebody over at that DVD company was not very diligent. I really hope somebody got fired for that. No gil- diligence to be found. <laughs> So, random thought that, I don't know why, so here we are, second episode of season three, and this is the Mm -hmm. first time that this occurred to me. I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but as I was just watching the opening sequence of the scene, like I have for two seasons, it really, it finally occurred to me that I, is it odd that they let Michelle do all of the talking and and introducing (laughs) of the family? Like, it just hit me that that seems like that would be such like a... Because it's like my family. Like, right. doesn't that seem like that would be the headship, the the top right. of the umbrella thing to do? And it just finally occurred to me that I was like, oh, shit, they had Michelle do this. Yeah. Seems out of character for IBLP umbrellas. Maybe that was like a production, like a TV decision. Because but- I think in most popular media or even things like that, you're like, your mom is... The head of, like, the this one that the makes the... This is the story of my family. Yeah, like, the one that makes the household run is usually the mother. You know what I mean? But, I'm su- but like, I'm surprised he let it happen. Either way, even if it was what TLC... I don't know. Just something that finally occurred to me. Hmm. Anyway, so getting going on the episode. It begins with Jill saying that one of the boys' bunk beds was, like, on the verge of breaking. So they took it down before it completely fell down, which is good on them. I could see it going differently. <laughs> So Michelle called around to the thrift stores in the area to see if they had any bunk beds in stock. And one said that they had just gotten one in. So Lego is like rounding up some, a few of like the younger, like kind of like the middle to younger boys Mm -hmm. to go, to go check it out and pick it up. And James is having a real Jamesy bug like (laughs) scene. He's packing snacks for the road before they head out. So he's getting like. It looks like animal crackers, like yeah. in a cup, and then he's climbing up on the counter, and he's opening up a cabinet, and like cups go flying everywhere, but of course they're plastic. 
Yeah. Probably don't own a lot of glass in this ho- this household, <laughs> I'm assuming. Right. So uh, it just kind of spills out everywhere. And then he finally makes it into the car, like they're in the truck, and then he spills more fucking crackers in the truck. He's a yep. fucking mess. This is where Jamesy Bug uh, really shines. <laughs> it felt oddly stalling. Like in like the way it was filmed, I was like, is he stalling for something or is he just He just really wanted animal crackers and various things. And he did that little kid thing where like he was trying he was like maybe a little bit too short for wherever like the bucket of crackers was on. So he like tilted it all the way onto the side. And it gave me that like adult anxiety where I was like, he's gonna spill crackers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like I when I was watching it, I had that like <laughs> yep. the mess. Yep. So even in the car, he spills them all over the place and he's like trying to pick them up and Lego says, Anybody else want some? And Jackson is in the back seat and he says, Sure, I'll eat some. Yep. And he's like all like jazzed about mm-hmm. it. And then James says, You can eat them out of my shoe. And he's like digging it out of his shoe. And yeah. like, I'm like, why is your shoe off already? <laughs> but anyways, it was a whole thing. So then they end up arriving at the thrift store. And the bunk bed is still there. So they're, um, the store is selling the frame, the top twin mattress, which looks like new. And the bottom kind of like, I don't know what you call them, but it's like when they're not a full-blown mattress. Kind of like the f- futon, like futon yeah, mattress, type, yeah, type thing. And so not a full-blown regular mattress, but one regular one, the whole bed plus that, for $75. Yep. So Lego says, quote, I fell in love with the price for 75 bucks. We've saved a lot of money over the years buying things used and saving the difference. A bingo square. Yeah, there it is. We need like a sound effect to insert whenever we have a bingo square. <laughs> And then, and then like a big like we need like a siren or something mm-hmm. or when when we actually get a bingo. Yeah. So we got to mark that off. Oh, and it's also around this time that I noticed that from being at home to like leaving, he has put on the cell phone clip. So a mm-hmm. second bingo square right now. Yep. I think I figured out. So we were kind of going through and based off of our notes, filling out the bingo squares. And I think this is where I chose uh, Boob has to parent. Because he has all the... Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. They're in, the, they're in the store and they're going to... They end up buying... Spoiler alert. They buy the bunk bed. Um, so they were kind of taking it apart in order to get it into the truck so they could take it. Anything involving little kids is like hurting cats. And it's even worse when they're all boys. So as they were trying to get all the pieces out, he's trying to get the boys to help. And it's a little bit of a an endeavor. <laughs> I just want to remind you that didn't we decide a while back that we're doing away with hurting cats because Mildred took offense and it's hurting Duggars? Mm-hmm. Because we thought that was more fitting. So And it literally is. He's trying to hurt Duggars. <laughs> Mildred's like, don't talk about cats like that. <laughs> So I think you're, so you want to mark off boob past the parent is what you're saying. Yeah. It okay. doesn't change the fact that. I did not get bingo. I, I think I was thinking about the second half of the the episode right. and not the first half, so I didn't mark that. But yeah, we can do Boop has parents since he has the little boys alone. Because like when they're trying to take the futon mattress, like it doesn't, you can't pick it up like a regular mattress. It's, on, it's like trying to carry a giant tortilla. Or like, yeah, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, or like they're kind of rolling it like a sleeping bag when it can't fit back into its little plastic thing. So you put yeah. a belt on it. Yeah. Like my whole life, what my sleeping bag was my dad's old belt. <laughs> I was like, did, I showed up to stuff. And I'm like, I'm the only yeah. fucking kid who has their dad's belt on their belt, sleeping yep. bag. Yep. And it didn't zip at all. Ugh, the worst. It was from like 1972. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I love vintage, but this wasn't cool vintage. <laughs> no. Anyways. All right. So the bed was, uh, it was already assembled in the store, so they actually had to disassemble it. So like Tim was saying, that's where kind of it all ensues. Mm-hmm. Like besides the mattress and folding up the giant tortilla, um, <laughs> it's like taking the whole bed apart. Yeah. But then that's kind of it. Anything else on that? Nope. So now we're on to the, the namesake portion of the episode. They're now gearing up for a father-daughter camp out. And Lego is like filling a golf cart with gas. And he tells, see, lots of, lots of Jamesy bug in the front <laughs> half of this one. He's telling James like what he's doing it for. Because mm-hmm. he's like, what are you, what you doing? And he's like, oh, it's for the father-daughter camp out, blah, blah, blah. And then James says, are you going? <laughs> and Lego says, I'm going. Yeah, I'm the father to the daughters. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like the father-daughter camp out. And he's like, oh, you're going. Like, does, where does he think the girls are going with like <laughs> with the that. golf cart and the ATV and the truck? And it's, right. it's just that little kid moment of just like, mm-hmm. I didn't think they really thought this out, but it's kind <laughs> of cute. So then Ginger says, quote, I like spending time with my dad and sisters. But I'm not much of a camping type. And then Lego explains that their good friend, Terry Forsyth, has this Fort Rock family camp. And he invited them to the father-daughter camp out. Which I thought, and this is just jumping ahead a tiny bit. Like, I thought he was taking them to do something alone. Like, him and his daughters. This was like a thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. There was like other fathers and daughters that were at this big camp, which we'll get to later. But I was like. You thought he was calling it his own like father-daughter camp out. Correct. And they were going or like ev- camping. Right. Or even if they were going to a place with cabins and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's just like them. And then in some scene, they show some of the girls like playing um, like foosball and then there's like a little Asian girl at the foosball table. And I was like, did they bring her like friends or anything? And it was like, oh, okay, no, those are just like other families. Oh, um, well, so because in addition to their own daughters, he also brings along two friends, Muriel mm-hmm. and Amara, whose fathers have passed away. Correct. Uh, definitely recognize the older one. Did you recognize her? Mm-mm. She was the one that came and with like her other sisters. Like for some reason, she's the only one that goes this time. Okay. But she was the one that was teaching the little kids how to like hold the violin. Remember? Oh, Back when yeah, those, I yeah, do that's remember her. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she also has the crunchy hair. Mm-hmm. She she looks a little dugger. Like she blends right in. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> long long skirt, crunchy hair, the little poof in the front of Bad you know footwear. like yeah. Although. <laughs> Later on, she's the only one wearing appropriate footwear. But anyways, getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so um, the other one, though, I didn't think I didn't recognize her at first, but we'll, okay. we'll get there. So he just keeps calling them like precious young ladies. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like They're just real precious young ladies and mm-hmm. friends with their kids and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, their dads have passed away. So Jill says, quote, my dad has always been very good about like. From the time we were little, if anybody around did not have a father, he'd reach out to them, mm-hmm. take them places with us, do things with them. He's always been good about that. 
which I can appreciate the fact that he includes these girls in activities. Like, yeah, I respect that. Um, I had a father who wasn't really a dad or dad who wasn't really father, depending on how you want to mm-hmm. define those words. Um, but my best friend's dad growing up, he was kind of the one who he gave me those experiences. Yeah. So kind of looking at this, I had this part in me that I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I kind of remember how that like my dad wasn't dead, but <laughs> he was there, but not there. Right. So like he was, I remember my friend's dad, like they took me on vacation with them to Lake Powell for a week. Amazing. Like on a houseboat mm-hmm. and like, but like little things he took me on my very first camping trip. Right. I remember my very first like campfire mm-hmm. was with them. And when I was like enamored, he was like, what do you mean? You've never, yeah. I was like, I've never been around a fire before. Yeah. Never. And he was like, never? And I was like, right. no. And so like doing s'mores and just standing by fire. And he was like, oh my God. And I felt like after that moment, he was like, well, let me show you this. Let and me let do, me show yeah. you this. And then he, he taught me to fish. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he did all these things. So I'm like, oh yeah. Like it's, I, I always, like their fathers are actually passed away. But I appreciate anybody that kind of like steps in. And mm-hmm. and I think you can, you can, I think you see that amongst like family groups or friend groups where it's like, if your dad wasn't like the outdoorsy type, but he was still like he filled his role in a different way, I there's still respect there too because it's like, hey, you know, your dad's not really into this, so cool. Like we'll do some stuff with you. Your dad didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. So, it's not even just like that wasn't his bag. Like you know what I mean? Right, like exactly. yeah, it was just like he didn't do anything with us. Yeah, like I'm definitely as I've gotten older, more into like the it does take a village, and I think. Human beings are built to be in environments where it's not just a, a mom that's raising all her kids with no help. Like, it's it's meant for people to... And different people in your life offer different Correct. things to this. Yeah. Correct. To this person's experience in life. And yeah. yeah. But yeah. So anyways, that's my little thing about, like, having somebody else kind of step mm-hmm. in and I give you those that. experiences. Yep. So in his talking head, um, they ask Lego, who's better at packing and organizing, you or your daughters? <laughs> Go figure, it's not him. But he does say that they're better for big trips, but since this is was a camp out, he had to think of all the fun things. Right. And they thought of the clothes, food, and snacks. The stuff you need to live. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but, but he gassed up the golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the girls, uh, they load up the truck with supplies and all of their stuff. And Jill says, quote, looks like it's going pretty well. We're waiting on my dad. He hasn't even packed yet. Insane. So I think this is where we can mark off Duggar time on our bingo court. So when we were making this, we went back and forth at first because like Tim was saying at first, like, do we do like Jim Bob makes everybody late? And like, yes, but I'm like, we could make it a little bit more broad. And just do Duggar time in general, because then that would apply to Josh thinking he can show up 25 <laughs> minutes late to some an appointment he was supposed to be 45 minutes early to, or you know, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. or 20 minutes early to, and he shows up 45 minutes late. So I felt like doing Duggar time yeah. kind of hit more, mm-hmm. checked more boxes. It's not even like, I still got to get the last of my things. Like, there's a scene in this where he's like, toe strapping something down and he's like well you know i told the girls to be ready by two oh i, I think i got the, yeah i've got the quote yeah do this 
So he says that how he forgot that he had. So it's while he's like toe strapping, like Tim's saying, he's like talking mm-hmm. while he's doing these things. He said that he forgot he had to leave like a certain vehicle for Michelle. So he had to switch them out. And then he says, quote, and then I will, I will pack real quick and, you know, got a few little details. Like, you know, your entire, mm-hmm. your, your ent- everything you need, you know, little yeah. details. And then it's infuriating because not even a breath later, like he barely gets done mm-hmm. saying, I got a few details, and then he yells, Girls, be ready to leave in a few minutes. Meanwhile, they've been ready to go and waiting mm-hmm. for a while now, yep. waiting on him. But it's like the, let me deflect real quick the mm-hmm. fact that I still have to pack and just yell, Girls, be ready. Right. <laughs> um, he says he told the girls to be ready by 2.30, and right now it's 3.30, and he still hasn't packed. It's insane. So the girls are literally sitting, waiting in the truck while mm. Boob is going through his closet, saying things like, do you think it's going to be hot or cold? <laughs> it's like you didn't even Insane. look at anything. You didn't even think about anything until this moment. Insane. So Jill is sitting in the truck and she says to the camera, yeah, so we aren't necessarily the most on-time people. <laughs> um, and then I think we get another bingo square. Because we see a tight-lipped kiss between Lego and Cannon. Mm. Got that off your board? I didn't, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Make sure you get that. All right. And then he says, quote, Hope we have enough hairspray. Half a can, as he shakes it. Yeah. So that's another, another bingo, bingo square. square. Hairspray. Now, do you feel... We had a lot of stuff, obviously, with the daughter's. But I feel like we didn't really get any like Jill's dweebiness shows. Nope, nothing, nothing hanging yeah, out. I was she hoping was, Jill was a cool cat this yeah. episode. <laughs> there was a a little mini convo where it was her and Jana talking from like the open doorway of one of the cabins, and uh, didn't get it. No, she was totally cool. Yeah, no dweebiness. Nope. So, um, so the hairspray, even though I, I thought that counted, even though he didn't actually spray it, it's being Agreed. talked about, so it counts, Agreed. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So while he's packing, our girl Johanna asks Lego, where dad's going? And I love the way she says mm-hmm. that, like, where yeah. dad's going. Yeah. And he says, the wilderness. And she says, but what does wilderness mean? Yep. <laughs> so I was going to, I marked this as our, our girl Johanna. Same. Because it's cute. Mm-hmm. So anytime she's cute, I feel like it counts. So when Lego is finally done packing, he walks outside and yells, this is infuriating for me. Was it infuriating for you to watch? He's walking out there after they've been waiting on him for a fucking hour now. Over an hour. Like just sitting in the truck. And he says, you girls ready? (laughs) And leave it to Ginger. She says, she yells back, only for the past half hour. (laughs) So I love the little snass, snass. I, I combined sass and snark. Snass. Mm-hmm. A little snass from Ginger there, but I appreciate it. A little mustard on it, as you'd say. Had a little mustard on it. Yep. So, oh, yeah, okay. So then they arrive at Fort Rock, and the owner, Terry Forsyth, says, quote, We built the camp with intentions of family restoration. Mm-hmm. Just felt like in America today, dads need a little help, and we have a beautiful place here for dads and families to come and spend time alone with their families and their creator. How did you take the line of, in America today, dads need help? 
or need a little help. Because that line stuck out to me as odd. I just think it's it's the whole... I think it's everything with IBLP where it's like if you watch TV, you're ignoring everybody in your household. Mm-hmm. If you, It's just like all those things where it's like if you're... I think that they think that the typical family just is ignoring each other and not being an actual like fathers aren't fathering you know what i mean like i i don't know that's kind of how i I didn't think too much into it until you said it just now Mm -hmm. but i think it's just his idea of like people nowadays are doing it wrong okay and i'm not saying that families can't spend more time together of course but i just think that they err on this side of like you're all doing it wrong yeah what about you I just, it just felt weird because I feel like there's a lot of in in what we've looked up as kind of, you know, the men's manuals and all these things. feels like there's a lot of like martyrdom of the men in the household. And it's just like I'm I'm upholding all these things for the betterment of my family. And it's like just because you don't let them watch TV doesn't mean that you're like fighting off this evil you know what i mean i don't know i just feel like sometimes it gets a little dramatic in in victimhood kind of yeah and it felt a little bit like and and it's a noble thing like you want to create this as a place for people to come and do this absolutely but the line itself of being like dads need some help like I don't know. It just Isn't the mom weird. doing everything in your situation? <laughs> what help of... do they need? Yeah, like, oh, they need so much help. She's taking everything, and they're like, God, you know, I really yeah. need to. I need really need some help. That's kind of how it felt, and I'm not saying it'd that be that's really what nice meant, if I could but... get some help around here. <laughs> oh man! So we quickly see that it's not really camping mm-hmm. because they have rooms in like cabins and stuff. And Jill is saying how their dad is excited. And Janice says that he loves this type of stuff and taking them to do things like this. And says, quote, more than probably we want to. Like, she's (laughs) kind of like, and Jill kind of cuts her off. You could tell she's like, she's like, well, no, it's, it's, and like, she starts to like say it. And then Janice starts to instantly like turn the direction around. And then she's like, no, 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 we like it. So that was like this moment where Jill was like, shut up. Well, yep. no. And then Janice like, well, we like it. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. So the next scene is funny because I have to actually rewind for a second because originally I didn't realize it was going to be much of a thing. Okay. So I hadn't written it down earlier. But when they're packing the truck earlier, waiting on Lego, at one point, Justice says to Ginger, Girlfriend, you will not need this. <laughs> As she has a kind of snotty look on her face and hands a jacket to Ginger. Mm-hmm. And Ginger says, I don't know. You never know. And as she's saying that, Jessa loudly kind of yells, it's mine anyway. <laughs> so we see There's this- some sister moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like I saw that earlier, but I didn't write it down. And then fast forward to now. Mm-hmm. We see them walking around kind of like, so the cabins are like two story and things. So it's like they've come down the stairs and they're walking down and Jessa has her arms crossed, you know, like over her body. And she says, it's a little chilly out here. And there's Ginger with a big (laughs) ass smile on her face, wearing the jacket from earlier. (laughs) And she says, I'm glad I have this jacket. And then she rolls her eyes, something fierce. (laughs) Like, it was a good eye roll. Like, it was pretty good. 
Ginger face. So number one, justice for Ginger here. In your face, Jessa. It's like what it felt like, you know. And then two, I just I just love seeing them acting, like seeing them act like actual siblings and real yeah. people and not just sweet little fundy robots, you know. Right. So it's kind of nice to see. So we have a ginger face ginger square. face square to mm-hmm. mark off. Oh, and the third thing is I, I just also love the fact that TLC loved this moment enough to make sure that it was in there. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody cut it. Like, yeah. because like, I remember I went back a couple times and maybe it was just me watching the episode tired, but I went back a couple times and I couldn't, I couldn't understand what they were saying to each other. Like when, when she was telling her, you're probably not going to, like that, when that whole exchange was going on, I just couldn't decipher any of it. And well, I'm like, like I'm Ginger's kind of mumbling because she's going like, well, you never know. Like, or whatever. And then she's kind of like walking away and that's when Jesse yells, it's mine anyway. <laughs> and yeah, so it like, so at the time I was like, okay, they're just kind of showing like a sister like moment. But I was like, whatever. I thought that was this one off thing that mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily worth writing down. And then later I'm like, oh. Now I see why they put that in there. Yeah, that's funny. It was a full circle, wait for it, wait for it moment. We're starting to see stuff like that in uh, Top Chef, where when they're showing the the challenge as they're cooking, they'll make a comment to ask. Tim and I look at each other. Yep, they'll ask one of the competitors, you know, why are you... Why are you doing that in two different pans? And they'll be like, well, I just thought that blah, blah, blah. And Whitney will always be like, that's going to be a thing later. <laughs> or like, they'll just um, she'll be like, and I, I really think this is going to work out. And then we like, our heads like whip and we look at each other. Going to be a thing. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that the, the production crew left that yeah. in there means that later on it's going to pay dividends. Yeah. You can figure out where the little little yeah. quips are going to mean like something. Chekhov's cooking mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So then they just show a few clips of the first night, s'mores by the fire, dinner, skits. Religios love a skit. Um, <laughs> they really do. I don't I, I don't know if that's how it is for other people, but like Mormons, they love a skit. There's <laughs> lots of them. So I think it's kind of a, a youthy thing, you know, like a youth mm-hmm. church thing. So the crew is gone, so they're getting ready for bed. So Lego is doing the fil- the filming where, you know, whatever they call it, like Duggar Cam. Right. And Jana's laying in bed, and he's got the camera pointed at her, and he asks why it's important for fathers to spend time with their daughters. And she's just laying there, and she doesn't answer the question, and she just says, there's bugs on the ceiling. Yeah, her eyes just went real big. <laughs> Did it feel like she was trying not to answer? Because it kind of I think she like was she... probably actually grateful for the bugs in that moment. Agreed. She was like, cool. Yeah. He put her on the spot and She's it was just laying like... there and it's just like camera in her face. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's also the, the nature of that question was like, hey, say something good about me. Yeah. Why is <laughs> it know. so important? You know? Yeah. Then it's the next day, and Lego takes Muriel and Joy out in the RTV to teach them how to drive. <laughs> I don't have a ton to report on that, do you? I mean... No, it was just yeah, funny. I mean, yeah, they're just driving around. I mean, I mean, they get stuck a little bit in the mud. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. nothing to really... Yep. Nothing crazy. But then they do kind of, like, you know, have Muriel on ca- talking to the camera about her how her dad passed away three years mm-hmm. ago. And she says she's really glad Mr. Duggar brought her along and that it's been really fun. Um, again, I'm just glad that she gets to have fun and it's nice that he brought her. Yeah. I just so like in my head, I was just like, I hope he doesn't 
have that much influence, much more influence, you know what I mean, in her life. I'm like, great, take her for experiences. Can mm-hmm. it end there? Can right. it can can it stop there? And if yeah. I remember correctly, I, I might be not I don't know if I am remembering correctly, but I think she's deep in the sauce to this day. So Okay. Um either way. Um then Jill talks about how seeing girls without dads makes you stop and really think about it and how she isn't in their shoes basically is kind of like i'm just kind of paraphrasing so -hmm. she can't understand it all but she tries her best to make them feel good and then she says quote all of us girls are very close to our dad so i couldn't imagine life without him it would be very hard and i got honestly i got a little choked up watching that just Mm -hmm. knowing how it all turns out in the end between jill and lego Mm -hmm. i didn't mention it at the time but i had the same sort of like feelings during the wisdom tooth episode mm-hmm. because she so heavily leaned on him for support and like comfort in that. And Jill in particular, just to me, she seemed to really hold Jim Bob in high regard. Yeah. She was, you know, when she was younger and, and it seems that she's kind of the one that seems more outwardly in touch with her feelings than the other girls. Not saying mm-hmm. that some of them might not. Like, it seems like Ginger feels her feels, but, like, Jill is outwardly mm-hmm. very in touch with her feelings. So, you know, just my heart, it stings a little for Jill in these, like, tiny moments, like, during rewatches. Because you know that, like, years later, like, he absolutely has to, like, fucking crushes her. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really it's sad when you think about, like, you know, knowing what's coming, you know, like, and then mm-hmm. watching it, and you're like, ooh, that's got to, like, fucking suck. Because I just feel for Jill having to unpack her father, who not being who she thought he was, and mm-hmm. realizing how much their relationship was completely conditional mm-hmm. on obeying his every word, you know? Like, so. She definitely um, feels like the one that has the most, like, daddy's girl energy exactly yeah so yeah so i'm glad you pick up on that because Mm -hmm. it is she does feel like there you do feel it and so then when you know how it actually turns out you're like oh this is like Mm -hmm. this stings a little to watch just like on her behalf yeah so now from someone that has zero understanding of that do you want to talk about that or no no that's another topic for like way down there i i know you know that's like they they uh um have a falling out and like things like that and like she's not allowed around around like i've told you mm-hmm. or she's very seldom around and whatever but that's totally way down the line topic mm-hmm. but i just want to point out as we're going through just like those moments where you're like ugh, mm-hmm. like you know because she does seem like she has that daddy's girl energy like you said so yeah. sucks so then the other girl the older one that they brought the violin teacher she says that her dad is in heaven and passed away 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the producer asks her the most difficult thing about not having a father. And she says, quote, probably seeing other fathers with their daughters just makes me miss having a father. Especially mm-hmm. like when you see him give the daughter a hug or something like that. Just really sad. Mm-hmm. And then she says, um, Mr. Duggar has invested in my life and my sibling's life a lot just through the years, kind of taking up the role as our father, even though he'll never replace our father, our real mm-hmm. father. But he's definitely influenced us in a good way. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like, I mean, again, where I'm like, okay, glad. But then I also go, ooh. Yeah. Like, it's like equal parts. Like, I'm glad you're getting some sort of comfort, but does there have to be a, like, you know, it's like, it's complicated mix of feelings where. Yeah. I want her to feel some support, but does it have to be 
fucking Jim Bob. Like, you know, <laughs> like, ugh. So the whole thing's just unfortunate. Yeah. And that's with acknowledging the fact that, like, that, the, that act alone of him giving them those things that they don't have, like, I respect that. Yeah. You know, sleazeball at other things, but, like, <laughs> in that alone, I respect that. Yeah. You know, not everybody has to do that. Um, your friend's dad didn't have to do that with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a there's a, a, a show that I watch on YouTube, and one of the things they've been doing is, like, shining a light at the end of every episode on, like, just something little or somebody or just something something that somebody did at some point that they appreciate and that was one of them they were like that that friends parents that made you feel like you were just a part of their household and they bring up like going to their house and it's like he's like i had a friend and i would i'd go over there and i'd say hi to everybody and i'd walk over to the fridge and i'd open the fridge and i'd look in there and see if there was something i could snack on and then when their mom would come around, would be like, oh, honey, do you want something to eat? Like, you know what I mean? It's just that he didn't live there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I feel like there's a special place for people that are that welcoming to their friends or to their kids' friends. Oh, 100%. I'd never been on a vacation in my life mm-hmm. until that friend mm-hmm. and her family took me on vacation. But I was over there like every weekend if i could where i was just mm-hmm. like get me away from me and then my dad being the fucking jackass that he is literally told me when i was about 16 that he thought i was sending i was spending too much time with her mm-hmm. but it was because she wasn't mormon well it's funny because her mom actually grew up mormon but wasn't mm-hmm. anymore so it's kind of ironic but um like he 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 was trying to say it roundabout oh yeah but it was like in this like you're i was probably 15 maybe um but, like, he's like, I think you need to be... He was trying to tell me other ways to spend my time. What does that mean? You don't want me being around these non-Mormon people who tra- treated me better than he fucking did. Yeah. So, fuck you. Yeah. Anyways. So, now they're off to ride horses. <laughs> um, The kind of, like, handler guy is asking if they've ridden before. And Lego says that they have... They have a little bit, but that he's kind of afraid of animals mm-hmm. and that they're scared of him, too. And he says, quote, we kind of have a mutual agreement, <laughs> which I think that just personally, I think animals are very intuitive. And I just think that they can, like, sniff out that he's just full of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're like the, this fucking jackass. So I think that's why he has issues. Yeah, I think that's he, why the camel gave him problems. Camel, I think yeah. that they're like this fucking look at this fucking asshole. Am I right? You know? <laughs> They know it. Animals are not stupid. (laughs) So then Lego asks all the girls, quote, can you ride a horse in a skirt? And Jessa replies, quote, anytime we've ever gone horse riding, we've always ridden horses in skirts. It is possible. (laughs) So she's kind of like, you act like this isn't what we've always done before, you fucking buffoon. (laughs) Like, I think it was a kind of something to say moment like he oh, felt absolutely. like it was for him to be like because he's got the hand gestures up in the mm. air and he's like so uh, you think you can ride uh horses and skirts and it's just like and at this moment even just is like are you fucking kidding me as if yeah. this isn't what we do every goddamn time okay <laughs> yeah so, uh, God, so we this once- scene gave me one of my favorite lights i have such a fun story to tell <laughs> so we once again get to watch them getting on horses in long heavy no stretch no nope. no give of mm-hmm. any kind 
denim skirts. Joy is dressed the best because while she's still in a long skirt, she's got that kind of like flowy. I use I used to call them circus tents. <laughs> that those <laughs> imagine a circus tent as a skirt. That's what she's wearing. Um, but of course, all of them have on their flip flops. <laughs> so not only are they trying to ride a horse in a skirt, and they can hardly get on. Um, because they're trying to like, you know, mm. there's no give. Yeah. They all have on their flip flops except for Amara. She is okay. wearing the sensible she, shoe. She came prepared. She is wearing a sensible shoe. Now can I ask you a question? Does this count as inappropriate attire? Yes. This is what I'm getting at. Because okay, so inappropriate attire, um, because a lot of people we had actually had this on our list and then when we put it up on Instagram, people were like wearing, you know, the wrong shoes. But I felt like if right. we covered inappropriate attire, it covered shoes. Okay. Skirts, all of that. Like, you know. It, yeah, oh yeah, there's so many options. I have some bad news for you then. What? I got the first bingo. You got a bingo. Damn. <laughs> Shit, you really did get a bingo. Damn it. And I didn't even put inappropriate attire. I forgot. You found it later? I found it right Damn. now. <laughs> uh, see, the best I got in three places, I got three. No, wait, two places I got. No, three places I got three. <laughs> Damn it. First bingo. Okay, of so the now pod. the question is what happens when we get a bingo? We should put I don't know, let's think about it. Maybe we put that to the listeners too. What like, happens when we get a bingo? I have no idea what what even direction to go. <laughs> like is it a prize for the person who got the bingo? Right. Is it something we do for the listeners? For listeners? Right. Like what which direction do we go? Do we do something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do we do? Mm, Let's think about it and maybe put that out to our listeners. But you got the... You got a bingo on the fucking second try. That fucking pisses me off. Now I got to keep a tally of who gets bingos. I totally, (laughs) on my phone earlier, when I realized, I looked up the sound Have you been holding it in this whole time that you knew that you got a bingo? I figured it out, like, not too long ago. <laughs> Damn it. Oh man. Well, Tim got the first bingo of the pod. Yes, I did. And it consisted of Nope, I'll go over it at the end. Oh, I'm kind of that's kind of it for me. So they just ride horses. Mm-hmm. Doesn't show too much, but there is a funny part where Joy mm-hmm. is actually riding with Lego, like mm-hmm. behind him, like holding on to him. And she keeps doing the I don't even know I'm sure there's a word for it or a phrase for it, but not like the kick or the squeeze, whatever. You to squeeze make, your legs. You squeeze your legs to make them go. go. I don't know what that's called. Somebody mm-hmm. will tell me, and they'll be like, "You're an idiot." But she keeps doing that. She does that a couple times in the beginning, and so the horse it doesn't take off like super fast, right. but it it takes off, and he is freaking out, <laughs> oh, and he's yeah. like, "Joy, joy, 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 joy," and then he's yeah. like, "Don't do that anymore." And and her talking, and she's like, "My dad didn't like that," like or, <laughs> or something like I forget exactly what she says, but she's like, "He was kind of scared." Yeah. That's kind of all I have. Do you? What do you have? A uh, couple of little things. Um, for the first time that I can remember, um, I heard a nickname that he had for one of the girls. Um, he calls Ginger Gin Gin. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, when they're going, because they asked, they're like, "Who's written? Who's written? Who's ridden horses before?" And they were like, "Who's kind of like the most nervous?" And she kind of raised her she's hand. Like me, and yeah. she's the one that said that, like. She has fears that are kind of similar to Jim Bob um, a couple times throughout this the show so far. Um, but yeah, she said she's like, I'm kind of afraid. And the reason why they asked is because they were going to give her the 
gentlest Gentle, horse. Yeah, like the most, um, yeah. So when they pulled her over, he was like, come on, Jin Jin. I'd never heard I that I didn't before. even notice that. Yeah, okay. Jin Jin, okay. Yep, so Jin Jin, and then... I do love um, a good gin cocktail. <laughs> same. Um, and this was the little story I wanted to tell. I was watching... I was watching this episode in... Um, is this our... the part where from the other side of the house I heard you laughing? Yes. Yes, so... He was watching in our room. I was in the living room, opposite side of the house. <laughs> I hear him fucking laughing. So I literally walk over, and he's just sitting there laughing. And I was like, I take it, we'll talk about this later. Uh, yep. So, you can tell that when Lego hair gets nervous... He's trying to say like a full sentence, but it's awkwardly disjointed. So when he gets off the horse after they're done and he doesn't really like animals, he's kind of afraid of them and they can feel it and horses in particular. Um, he gets off the horse and he was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. And he like pats the horse and he goes, good horse. <laughs> With the pause. Yes. It's that <laughs> awkward pause. Good. Where- Horse, and I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> you know I know, exactly I know the story say. you're gonna tell. Okay, so tiny bit of background. Um, my father is not super comfortable in expressing a lot of feelings. Oh. normally. Okay, I was about to it, say. I'm like, it, mm. and and to uh, to members, you guys will get a little side story that kind of has to do with that. He's he's not very comfortable expressing feelings ever. So when time permits, or if it's something that's like an emotionally heavy situation, aka a funeral, when you know that people have emotions coming out, it all comes out like a fucking tidal wave. And it comes out way, like, really, really big. And when you're not used to that from him, it's a little awkward. And I remember we had a couple things. I'm like, a little awkward. It's being very, generous. It's, being generous. It's, it's fucking rough. But also, um, to me, your dad is emotional. Like Oh, hardcore. Like, he does but I don't think he expresses those things in that way. So it's like there's certain situations where he could just he, like he could does. just say something casually and Oh, I get what you're saying. Like it doesn't come it, out natural. Right. He do- okay, that's because I'm just like I, I guess I was taking it as you were saying that he doesn't really do it, and I'm like he does do it, but correct me if i'm wrong but you're saying it doesn't come out like in a like natural type way it comes out like it's awkward it's like it's, it's awkward or a horse. lot or like yeah. yeah okay and the example the the minor example i'll give you is like up until recently when i have had kind of like friends in my life which i don't really right now um like male friends that i had i expressed verbally that i cared about them and if we hadn't seen each other in a long time, I would tell them, hey, I've missed you. And when we would spend good time together and I would leave, I'd be like, hey, take care of yourself. I love you. Yeah. Tim's always been like his friends. They've always been very like. Yeah. Like we've never had issues with that because I don't think it's weird. Like it's another human being. Yeah. You know they're always I mean? like, I love you, man. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember we hadn't seen my parents in a while. And we were at their house. We did, you know, whatever. And then we were leaving. And as we were leaving, my dad goes to give me a hug. Oh, <laughs> he's <God>. already <laughs> chuckling. My dad goes to give me a hug. And he's like, hey, I miss your ass. <laughs> and my dad's also not the guy that, like, really says any semblance of curse words. So it's like, 
why couldn't you just say, hey, I've missed you? Mm-hmm. But because he was trying to play cool, play it cool, <laughs> and like emphasis, right? Like, yeah. And and it just it just made it so much worse than if you were like, "Hey, I've missed you a lot recently." And but yeah, so me and Whitney do that all the time. I missed your oh. ass. ass. <laughs> you got to leave a little bit of a pause. <laughs> miss your ass. Yep. And the funniest part about him <laughs> saying "ass" is just to give you perspective. Ooh, yeah. I can't. Remember. I may have told this story already, but Tim and I had been dating for what a month i don't know not long long. but like you know and tim was living at with them at the time and like i came over and we were we were all around the island and i remember thinking we were having a good conversation we're talking about i was talking about my day and i said that something pissed me off and he said hey 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 we don't talk like that and i was like oh shit if he thinks that pissed is bad we're in for Oh, oh, we're going to have problems. Because clearly you guys hear how I talk. It's how I am. My mother doesn't tell me how to talk. His father is not going to tell me how to talk. But that is just to tell you that if he had a problem with me saying pissed, Mm -hmm. the ass was very unnatural. (laughs) So it's not like he says ass. It was a way to be like, as Tim says, cool. (laughs) Yep, you got to play cool. So that was the energy that I got from good horse. Horse. Yeah. (laughs) I miss your ass, <laughs> it's so you good horse. <laughs> it's so weird. Yep. Oh, man. There you go. That's a little mini, mini convo about my father. Yep. Do you have anything else? Nope. I think Other that's it. Other than the fact that I wrecked bingo this week. Yeah. I'm. So you got nine. I just want to clarify. You got nine squares. So I have three, six. I have ten. How the fuck do you have ten and I have nine? <laughs> I can tell you the bingo that I got. The one that got bingo was buy you save the difference, which he said at the thrift store with the uh, bunk bed. Mm-hmm. I have tight lip lock. Okay. Um, which was the one I didn't have that one either. Um, and then I have the free space, which is the pickle. Oh, it's the free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. a free mm-hmm. space, and then I have Duggar time, and then that last one was inappropriate attire. All right. So, so I'm missing one the... somewhere. It makes me wonder. If- but either way, even if I got one more, I would only ever have four. That so was the recipe for victory. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Anyways, we'll be back yep. with a deep dive. <laughs> all right. You ready to dive? I just want to say to all the listeners out there, I've missed your ass. Yep. Yep. So, for today's dive, well, first of all, so I'm a creature of habit and routine. You know this. Mm-hmm. Tim knows this well. I like knowing th- how things are going to go. Yep. But, you know, we've been doing this podcast a year now, so I think it's time we get a little wild and crazy. And by wild and crazy, I mean not your average deep dive for one episode. Yep. So, I gave the spoiler alert to Tim that the, f- that the Fort Rock family camp is owned by Joy's future in-laws. Mm-hmm. And that they were featured on an episode of World's Strictest Parents. So I always knew that I would cover this, but in my head it was somewhere like further down the line mm-hmm. when Austin really comes into the picture. Right. But the deciding factor that made me cover it now was the fact that when I looked up the episode, it aired June 8th of 2009, whereas this episode of The Duggars that we just recapped was a month later on July 7th, 2009. Mm-hmm. So Papa Forsyth must have been hitting it hard for some, you know, 
yeah. really itching for publicity or something because he had those back-to-back TV appearances. Yeah. He had gotten an agent, you know. So considering I do some stuff by timeline, I was like, okay, we can cover this part now, <laughs> but we'll cover the Forsyths themselves a little bit more in the future. So I didn't want to just sit here and explain the episode to Tim, so I had him watch it too. So mm-hmm. we've got this really weird, unprecedented <laughs> double recap episode. But I can't help myself. So at the end of this recap of this episode, we will also have a little a little snorkel, if you will. So A little doggy paddle. Yep, a little yep. <laughs> a little dogger paddle. So the show World's Strictest Parents originated in the United Kingdom starting in 2008, and then after that, many countries hopped on the bandwagon and created their own versions. Mm -hmm. The U.S. version premiered in 2009, but it only ran for two seasons, but it was on CMT, a music channel, no less, (laughs) the country sister to MTV. So I cannot believe that the Forsyths are okay with being associated with rock music. That's true. AKA, you know, music with the backbeat. So a little interesting choice, you know. That's true. I, I mean, at least the Duggars are on the Learning Channel <laughs> with 90 Day Fiance and, you know, Dr. Pipple Popper. Like, you know, at least they're there. But, you know, they're just on music. That's true. Channel. People are saying yes to the dress. Yes. To the dress. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even mean to do that. That's funny. Oh, God, we crack ourselves up sometimes. So the premise is pretty simple. Teens exhibiting behavior issues are sent to strict families for a week to get like an attitude adjustment. I told Whitney it's it, it's like scared straight, but without putting them in prison. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in the UK version, I guess the teens are sent abroad, but in the US, it's all within the US. We don't get out much here. We're just mm. here. Yeah. <laughs> So I kind of scrolled through all the episode descriptions and so many of the bad kids, quote, you know, air Mm. quotes, come from Arizona. (laughs) I counted eight over the course of the two seasons. Wow. Which, I mean, personally, I blame the heat. (laughs) It makes anyone cranky. It's like you're grouchy, you're irritable, you're combative. I fucking get it. Mm -hmm. Are you going to send me away to some like scared, like strictest husbands or something? Never thought of that. You know, it's like this, if you think about it, this show's kind of like um, like the simple life because of the fact that the Forsyths have such like so much like manual labor involved. Mm-hmm. This is like if Wife Swap and the Simple Life and Scared Straight like had fornicated and had baby. That's what the show is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So let's get to the actual episode. So they are episode eight of the first season. And as the episode begins, we're introduced to 15-year-old Arielle from L.A. She says her parents want her to dress without exposing any part of her body. Just you wait, sister. (laughs) And that they don't like that she's growing up and becoming an individual. Her parents say that she has no respect for them. And then we just kind of see the typical teenage stuff. She yells to get her way. They say she's grounded. And she's like, whatever. Yeah, kind pretty of, much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just... Typical really, teenage fair. It's really nothing earth-shattering from what they show. She just kind of has an attitude, and she's rude to her family, and doesn't like their rules. Color me surprised. Now, there is a different wrinkle with her in the fact that her parents are immigrants. And she's obviously more Americanized than her parents are. So there is that wrinkle in there where 
But she doesn't mention this. Tim is just observing it. And they mention it later on in the episode. When they were, the the Forsythes were talking to her about her parents. And they she said they're from Israel. Mm-hmm. So that was where I was like, oh, okay, so they're immigrants. So I think you just, there's another wrinkle there too where like she's obviously growing up in a way that they didn't grow up. Yeah, too you know, yeah. Not saying that she's correct or, or they're correct, but like that causes a lot more stuff too, you know. Definitely. So next we meet Tyler, who is an 18-year-old from Des Moines, Iowa. Tyler's mom says he's lazy and he doesn't want to go to school and that in this current semester alone, he's missed 89 periods. That is wild. <laughs> Damn. Takes me back to my senior year, though. Yeah. I fucking never went to school. But, okay, so, sorry, side note. Okay, so I had block scheduling mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And with block scheduling, there's a lot of buffer. Like, mm-hmm. y- there's a lot of buffer for you to, like, if you start failing some of your core classes, there's a lot more opportunity for them to plug it in for you to, like, make them up. Correct. Because if you pass most or if not all of your classes the first go around Mm -hmm. you end up just having an ass load more what are they called electives Electives, than you ever need Mm -hmm. well if i had known because i passed everything the first time if i had fucking known or had like a a counselor who gave a shit Mm -hmm. i realized like i could have been completely done my first semester senior year yeah but I didn't realize until after that. And I still had one core class left. I could have just been like, hey, stop giving me electives. I don't fucking I need don't to need take. Them, yeah. Put this all in one semester. And mm-hmm. then I could have taken second semester off and just walked with my class. Right. Yeah. So then it was stupid because my senior year, second semester, I had one fucking like world history or or economics or I don't remember what it was. Something mm-hmm. like that. First hour, 720 in the morning. Ugh. And at that point, I was working, I was waitressing at that point, mm-hmm. and I was always a closer. So by the time I closed, Jen, and to be honest, hung out with the guys in the parking lot afterwards. Yeah. But like by the time I did all those things, I was going to sleep one, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Alarm goes off for school at five. Yeah. I don't want to go to fucking school for one class to be, to leave at nine. Yeah. Who wants to go and be home by 9 15? <laughs> it's so such a waste. I would never, I was like not going to school. Mm-hmm. And my mom would be like, but you gotta go, whatever. And so I would just put on a sweatshirt, put on a hoodie, get in my car, and either drive around or drive around the corner. And so my mom left for work. And then I would just go home to go back to sleep. And back in the old days, it was great. Now there's like those automated like text message systems and stuff yeah. like that. This was great. This is back when they called the home phone, left a message on the answering machine that I deleted. <laughs> this is what's great. Kids can't get away with the same shit that we did. No. Because now they get it on their phone. Like yeah. they get the. So I deleted the fucking message. Mom had no idea how much school I was missing. Right. So you then... were a real Tyler. Well, I know, is that right? the kid's name? Yeah, his name is Tyler. <laughs> You're a real Tyler. Yeah, I was a real Tyler. But the funny thing was, like, literally, kids were missing so much school, and we were the first graduating class. So I think they were really trying to be like, yeah. we got this." They were sending out notices that you had to like petition to still. You'd basically like get in front of this board of people and speak and say why you still should graduate, even though you missed so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am fucked. I'm like, I. And then, the, but the the letter never came. Wow. And so I was like, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to say anything, but this is not adding up. Damn. And then uh, when I got my report card, the teacher marked me absent like twice. Damn. And that's when I realized that teacher was a fucking homie. 
<laughs> because I had a 98% in the class. Mm. And I think he probably saw that I was a zombie every time I did come. Mm-hmm. I think once he even asked me and I was like, I was working or like whatever. Yeah. But I think he was just like, if she's passing, leave the fucking girl alone. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that teacher was a homie. Do you remember what teacher that was? I can't remember his name. Mm. I don't Shout remember out his name. whatever your name is. I should is. look in my yearbook and figure it out. Shout Put him out. in visuals. And you said it was a male teacher? Yeah. Shout out, Mr. I'm leaving space in case I can go back and see his name. Shout out, Mr. Redacted. (laughs) Yep. But I remember being like, I'm so fucked. And then I was like, what a fucking homie. This is also the same teacher that like, um, I had a car that (laughs) it was, I bought it from my sister and you could turn it off and take the key out and the car would keep running. And then it would start to violently shake to the point where like the front of it would move off the ground. (laughs) And so, like, I would get to school. It was very dangerous. I ended up having to get a new car, of course. But I would get to school and take the key out. And then I'd be walking to class. I'm like, wait a minute. My car is still running. And so I had to just sit there until the alternator ran out of juice Juice for my car to die die and stop violently shaking and, like, literally jumping. My car, like, jumped, front jumped in the front. And I remember sitting on the curb and, like, one kid from that class. Because I had one class, 7.20 oh in the morning. God. And I remember the kid walking by that, like, I didn't even know them, but they were in my class. Mm-hmm. I'm all, tell the fucking teacher I'll be there when my car stops shaking. <laughs> so I think he was like, this girl's got problems. Oh, Anyways, man. back to Tyler. Can I make one comment about Tyler? Yes. How many, how many, um, how much school has he missed? 89 periods. <laughs> He's giving Michelle a run for her money. Dun-dun-dun. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. When she first said it, I covered my mouth. If I hadn't said periods, what were you going to do right now? What if I had said something else? I was going to say it myself. Oh, okay. Because but... I could have said classes. What if I said classes and not periods? Yeah. Ruin the whole joke. Yep. Anyway, so that's to say that um, generally I'm a rule follower, but senior year I was not. No, not at all. But I still had a 98%. Who the fuck cares? I was working, making money. Anyway, so Tyler describes his typical day as a long, dreary day at school, then eating, watching TV, and he says that he's just too lazy to care. Mm-hmm. His mom says that she's divorced from his dad and that Tyler just kind of stays away from him. We also learn that Tyler likes to cook and he wants to own his own sandwich shop someday. Love me a sandwich. Obviously, this is a reality show, so we get it, like... Some things are there, but listening to somebody say that they dream of having some sort of food service, food service operation, and then complain about work is hilarious. To me. <laughs> You're like, oh, you don't like working. Food service is not for you. <laughs> oh yeah, and he keeps saying it. He yeah. was just like, oh, just the thought of having to work and like work's yeah. just not for me. And I'm like, homie, what do you think? Like, you walk in, make a grilled cheese, and then you Go get to home. leave. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> yep. So now we're introduced to the future father-in-law to Joy, Terry Forsyth, from Combs, Arkansas. Terry is married to Roxanne, and they have two children, Megan, who is 17, and Austin, future, uh, you know, man slice to Joyce. Uh, he's 15. And I just got to say, those Forsyth jeans, man, they're those jeans are fucking strong. I always, like knew that joy's kids they look nothing like joy they look entirely like her husband and i'm like oh mm-hmm. yep they they just look like him and i could only kind of vaguely remember what what austin's dad looked like because i just remember mm-hmm. thinking austin looks like his dad so that's what his dad looks like right. i didn't really remember what his mom looked like and then now i understand why their jeans are so 
strong. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I, I don't want to say his parents look exactly alike, but his parents have similar enough features. Oh, yeah. When you put them next to each other, where you're like, that's what, now I'm like, that's why their genes are so strong, because the look is coming, the same similar look is coming from both sides. So now it just makes more sense why they come through so strong, because I'm like, if the parents kind of look similar, that made his genes really strong. And yeah, so it just kind of all makes sense now. So Terry says, quote, the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters. Jesus is first, then dad's next, and then mom, and then the children after that. So we hear that whole umbrella of authority right there. Terry says his wife has a servant's heart. More of that uh, IBLP vernacular. And then we hear from Austin for the very first time. And he says that his dad is a strict one in the house. His sister Megan says that they are close. So his sister Megan, she has like, she has red hair. She is Mm -hmm. like Austin with long red hair, (laughs) Mm -hmm. basically. And sister Megan says that they're close because they spend a lot of time together and that they're homeschooled. So they never, they're never far away from each other, which could be good or bad, depending on how you look at that. So Terry gives us a similar spiel about Fort Rock as he did in the Duggar episode about it focusing on family restoration and spending time together. And then we see a montage of them all working at Fort Rock. And Megan says, it's a lot of work, but they're a team. Terry says, quote, the biblical principle of not having idle time and idle mind is really important. Then Roxanne gives us some more IBLP vibes saying, Modesty is important to them and that they want people to look at their countenance rather than their bodies. Mm-hmm. And there's like these several parts throughout this episode where we're watching this and we're not really blinking an eye because this is normal to us now. But think of the average person watching CMT in 2009. <laughs> when have they heard about countenance and, right. you know what I mean? Like things like that, like mm. paying attention to our countenance. So she goes on to say that their kids have taken a vow of purity And Megan says she's saving her heart for her husband as well as her first kiss. And after they said this, um, again, is when I was like, oh, yeah, how many people are watching this being like their first fucking kiss? Because if you (laughs) haven't watched the Duggars, because like I didn't really I don't know about you, because even like growing up like Mormon, but lots like Mormons were never like don't kiss before marriage. That was never a thing. Mm. So for me, the Duggars were my very first time hearing that in my life mm-hmm. i wasn't around stuff like that so that was my first time so i wonder how many people if you didn't watch the duggars what was this their like dugger first time almost right. where they're like not kissing until your wedding day yeah on cmt <laughs> but my favorite part is randomly amongst this talk of purity they insert a clip of terry saying you do you do not have to try cocaine to know that it's bad <laughs> It just felt really random, randomly placed, and it yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. So now we see Ariel and Tyler meet each other at the airport, and they end up riding together over to the Forsyth. They arrive at their house, and they're meeting them, and Ty- Tyler describes them as, quote, just some kind of weird family. <laughs> In a talking head, Roxanne expresses concern over Ariel's short skirt, saying, quote, if she sat down, um... Things might be exposed that, you know, we shouldn't see. Terry and Roxanne sit down with Ariel and Tyler to give them the house rules. 
where Terry tells them that they can only close their door when they're changing. And followed up by saying that things done in secret are not good. Which, like, I really hate that bullshit, that basic privacy must mean that you're doing something wrong. Correct. You know, to not, you know, to just have a fucking minute alone. Right. You must be doing something terrible. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate that shit. He talks about their schedule, having to wake up 630 in the morning every day. And the next part made me laugh because Terry says, one that you're probably not going to like is the electronic gizmos. <laughs> Which I haven't heard the word gizmo used besides Bridget Marquardt. Well, I think of Bridget Marquardt's cat's name as gizmo. But um, I just, <laughs> it's just found it funny because I'm like, when do you ever hear that fucking word? Like, Such an old school term, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Roxanne says that they really want to get to know them and that those would be a distraction. So this seems to be the most upsetting to Tyler and he kind of puts his head down on the table. Like <laughs> heads up, seven up, you know, right. seven up style. Then Terry says, quote, another biggie in our home is a uh, in modest clothing. We call it defrauding whenever it causes a man to, you know, look the wrong way on a woman. In Ariel's interview, she says, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is like jail. <laughs> I mean, she ain't wrong. It is ridiculous. In the next scene, we see Arielle helping Megan cook dinner, and then in a talking head, Terry is talking about how her skirt was short and her top was low. Mind you, I want you all to realize that this girl is wearing a completely appropriate dress, a cardigan over it, and like rose-patterned black tights with Converse. Like, to me, she's dressed pretty modestly. What do you, like... Like... Like, I was, the way that he was describing it thinks it would be, like, a really low, like, V-neck. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, like. It was a normal. Yeah. It was just normal. Yeah. It's not up to her fucking neck. It's not a, you know, but it's But she normal. also wasn't, like, showing any cleave. No. Like, like, I don't, I don't even know. understand. Yeah. Like, to me, she looked fine. I'm, like, oh, is, like, pattern, but, like, pattern tights. Remember how that's, like, an eye trap. Remember oh, how yeah. remember how when like when I showed those pictures I'm like what is wrong with this one and it was the fucking patterned leggings right. like it's crazy. Terry says that his girls wear skirts and that he wasn't going to change the rules for someone staying in their house and that this would be breaking a vow as far as Austin is concerned if he exposed him to it. And I love it cuz right at that moment where they're saying like oh I this would be exposing breaking a vow and like exposing mm-hmm. Austin the the camera cuts to Austin sitting on the couch and he's putting a pillow on his lap. And it's just the normal putting a pillow on his lap. But the way that it's cut in that, and I'm like, it's so like reminiscent of like, oh, the seventh grader's getting a boner. So he's got to put his trapper keeper over his oh, lap. Yeah. That was definitely <laughs> what I took too. And then when I look at the way that his hands were on it, you're like, okay, that's just like. He's just holding a pillow. like Right. But it's just the context of yep. it is hilarious because you could, it's just a mm-hmm. funny moment. Because, like, he's obviously, I'm a pillow holder. He's a pillow <laughs> holder. But it's like, I'd be, expo- it's like, oh, here's a girl that's yep. um, showing off her clavicle bone. That's I not gotta, his sister. <laughs> I got to put a freaking pillow over my lap so they don't see yep. my giant boner. <laughs> I mean, it's like, poor Joy can't think of Joy, Ariel, <laughs> out here defrauding her future husband, yeah. bringing baggage. around the house. Bringing baggage into their future marriage <laughs> with your clavicles. 
So Terry pulls Ariel aside and tells her that she has to change. That he didn't think it was that bad at first, but as he was sitting on the couch, he realized her shirt, her skirt was too short. So Roxanne goes with her into her room, and they look through her clothes, and she tells her that a white t-shirt and jeans will be okay. Ariel cries to the camera and says that this it's bullshit, and that it's none of their business. It's like, you tell him, sister. <laughs> Um, also just has that really kind of gross. I'm sure she's feeling kind of gross being like this man just looked me up, you, you know, in order right. to decide that you look that that's inappropriate when he at first didn't think it was mm-hmm. that to me, that's even more telling. I didn't think it was that bad at first. And then I was sitting on the couch. It's not like she walked into your house and everything was hanging out. You had to sit there and look her up and down and be like, oh, yeah, there's a problem. It's just like this old man you don't know completely looking you up and down and saying, yeah. mm, no, you're dressed too slutty for us. Right. Like, it's just so gross and uncomfortable. Yeah. So the next day, we see them putting Tyler to work with mowing some grass. It looks like it's on the, the area right off the road leading to Fort Rock because you see the signs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he has him mowing pretty thick grass with a really old push style, like lawnmower. Not like a ride along, which you think they might for this right. kind of area that they're covering. But... Uh, so he's got this old looking lawnmower and at one point it shuts off. Tyler's trying to get started. He can't. So he's like cussing and he's mad. Then they cut to a scene where Austin just kind of without saying anything, like Austin Mm. just comes over and he, you know, he pulls really hard. He gets it like right. It starts up right away. And then Austin just kind of walks off over to his own. That was like his mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. And all I could think of that moment was like. If Joy was watching this right now, <laughs> she would have some feelings. She would be so defrauded. She d- definitely. She uh, would need a mop underneath <laughs> that skirt of hers on the ground. She would not quite understand what's happening, but yep. suddenly she would need to change her underwear. <laughs> but I, that would have been a moment for Joy. You know, even like then Joy, now Joy, I have a feeling this would be hot. It would be Prince Eric- style like you always talk about you were like even little you <laughs> even were little like, when, I, when i was four i was like what is this <laughs> so yeah i yeah. think joy would be having that yeah that moment with him starting the lawnmower it's Absolutely. real hot you know yeah. he does Doing do it really manly he really does that like i gotta give him props like he got that started in a second and that yeah. g- tyler was struggling and then austin just walks over and i know what the issue was Oh, so oh, okay. He doesn't want Austin to win. He's got to come in here and uh. Oh, Austin can win. <laughs> okay. No, I just I remember watching it, being like, "Wait, he's not, he's not doing this. That's why it's not working." So, yeah. So Austin's not that good, is what you're saying. Austin is great. Oh uh, no, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm not Joy. I'm. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so now, where are we? Sorry. Okay. So for Ariel, they have her working with Megan to paint an old shed. And it starts raining, and I kind of crack up because Ariel says to Megan, it's raining. And Megan says, oh, it is? I'm yeah. like, you don't, like, feel it, too? <laughs> like, you don't feel that? But anyways. Then it starts raining harder, and they continue painting and mowing in the rain. Of course, they're upset about it. Mm-hmm. Tyler and Ariel. And then they go back for lunch, and Ariel says how it's hell because she keeps thinking it's nighttime, and it's only 2 o'clock. <laughs> Which I imagine that fundy days in general, like, have to go so slow. Drag on. You're stuck with your family all day. <laughs> like, it has to be long. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any, like, I don't know. They don't really get changes changes of scenery. Like, yeah. it's the same shit every day. 
<laughs> Which is not bad in my world, but. So after lunch, they have more work, not tons to report. She cleans and they have him working on like insulation of one of the structures. Mm-hmm. They, of course, have their little heart to hearts. Roxelle with Ariel, Terry with Tyler, blah, blah, blah. Um, at this point, I want to mention that there's a lot of shots of really cute cats. Mm-hmm. Several cats in pots. Love yep. a cat in a pot. Mm-hmm. Love it. Now it's day three and the family's going to church. Tyler and Ariel are talking to each other about it and they get the they kind of get the balls to go talk to Terry together. They say that they respect their religion, but that they don't think it's best for them to go to church with them. Ariel is actually Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so and she just, says that. So I get I appreciate She's like, I'm the, Jewish. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um this is also the point where we really get a good debut of some really time period male clothing mm. i feel like we get a look good like a good look into the clothing of the time through via famey mm-hmm. it's kind of the men folk are always we don't have a lot of opportunity in the men folk area right right remember uh, chad mike was one of our best mm-hmm. with his look but now with tyler we get the debut of the beanie with the brim yep remember those yeah those yes, were do. a thing so Terry says, so they go and confront him about not wanting to go to church. Terry says that that's what they do, and he's not asking them to do anything immoral or against the law. And he's like, if you know, if you're part of our family, you go to church. It's like, well, they're not, they're not, they're not part of your family. It's like yeah. he's really playing into this. Like you're my family right now. It's like they're, yeah. they're not. They're on a fucking TV show. They're staying with you for like four days. So Tyler and Ariel end up going, and Ariel said something interesting in her talking head. She said, quote, I know that whoever argues with Terry never wins the argument. Mm-hmm. It's that umbrella of authority. It's the authority figure. Yeah. It's the headship. So what do you know? The topic of the Sunday school lesson that day was about how dating is bad. <laughs> Ariel says that's bullshit. I, she just comes out and says it. And then Tyler says... Like, he's kind of saying this, like, in a mocking voice, like, saying what they're saying. Nobody should date because it leads to divorce. And then he says, that's bullshit. So, neither of these kids are buying it, which is good. And again, with the IBLP stuff that people who aren't us might not have encountered, I wonder, again, if people are, like, no dating, you know, like... So when they get back to the house, Terry's asking them what they thought of the lesson. And Ariel says that she doesn't agree that dating leads to divorce because you have to date to find the right person. And that every person should have their own free will to decide what's good for them if they're not harming anyone. Which is how I would, you know, how I think, you know, don't harm people and figure it out for yourself. Well, that's such such an outrageous take, though. To them, yeah. Like, if you date. You're gonna get divorced. Oh, no, that's not the case. Yeah. Like, that's not the case at all. So Ariel is on a roll, and I like how she's articulating her opposing beliefs. But then, unfortunately, Terry kind of gets her in a moment that I hate because she was doing such a good job. He says, "Quote: If you said, you know, what, this is not gonna harm anybody but me. Do you think it would harm your mom?" And unfortunately, Ariel says yes. It's like, I can't tell if they didn't give extra context prior to that sentence or if they were still indeed talking about dating or not. But if they were, it's like, I don't think dating harms her mother. So if that's what they were talking about, like, I hate that she just kind of was like, yes, because um, 
it makes him think that he's right and he's instilled some like great wisdom on her you know mm. where it's like he, I feel like he's taking a really stupid example to be like, well, that still hits your mom. No, it doesn't mean dating hurts her mother and then for her to agree. Right. It's like he won. Ugh, hate that shit. In the next scene, Terry's taking them to go on a service project to cut wood for an elderly woman. And Ariel says that she doesn't have time for service projects back at home. So Tyler and Ariel, of course, kind of hate it. They're taking their time, kind of dragging ass. Coming up with excuses. Yeah. So he takes her to meet Miss Penny, who the wood is for, to sort of make that connection. Ariel says Penny is the cutest old woman she's ever met, and that then it felt good to help. Overall, this is the point where they start to paint the picture that Ariel is starting to have a change of heart and says she didn't like the family at first, but now thinks that they're really nice and fun to be around. <laughs> a little generous with the fun. Right. Uh, Tyler, on the other hand, he's still pretty resistant to all of the work. There is a horrific scene of him laying on the couch with the dirtiest socks. Did you notice? I did not. Uh, I, I couldn't see anything else. Of course. That He's, doesn't surprise the, me. He looks like he walked through mud in his socks. It's terrible. Forsyths have a dirty house. I think he literally walked through mud. <laughs> like, it's it doesn't, it doesn't look... It's a different... You'll see it. I'll show you. It doesn't look like, hey, I walked around. I haven't mopped my floors enough and I'm wearing socks. It is he walked through something. <laughs> it's different. Um, so it's this is also one of the many times. I kind of didn't mention it every time. But this is just one of many times where Tyler mentions just needing a nap. And I can't disagree. I could Same use a nap. Buddy. Same. Yep. Then as they're headed up the road to the actual family campsite... Their suburban slides off the road, like almost into a ditch and kind of amongst the trees. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to get into the whole situation, but they end up getting a backhoe and they're trying to do it and it's not enough. And then Tyler has to run. He's like, that's a lot. I can't remember the last time I ran. He had to yeah. run back to the house to tell Austin to then bring a bulldozer, right? So mm-hmm. it's backhoe and then bulldozer. And they have to pull like the, the suburban from like mm-hmm. both sides. Because then when they were pulling from one, it was making like slide the other direction. Correct. So they're literally like pulling from each side to like mm-hmm. pull it out of the ditch and whatever. So this becomes kind of like the point in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything has to have a, like the turning point. Yep. And this is when both Ariel and Tyler describe the time that they started to feel bonded to the family. Cause they all mm-hmm. had to work together. Right. So since Tyler has been t- talking about wanting to be a chef, they let him cook dinner that night. So he makes some like honey mustard grilled chicken. And it is kind of sweet. He seems pretty excited about mm-hmm. it. Like, when even just Megan, like, tastes like the marinade, like, when she says it's good, he's, like, mm-hmm. so excited. I don't know. It's kind oh, of yeah. cute. I'm like, he's into this. Like, mm-hmm. that. And he's like, there's just nothing better than people telling that they like the, the food you cooked or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. So then after that, they get letters from their parents, and it's everything you'd expect. Tired of the disrespect, hope you learn, love you, kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Not much to go, you know, get into detail on. But um, this is kind of where they they start to show the switch, the scenes of them looking closer and, like, having more fun together. Mm-hmm. My favorite was when they show Ariel teaching Terry how to, like, fist pump. Fist bump, <laughs> I'm not pump. Not I said pump. Fist bump. And then, like, jellyfish. And she's all, jellyfish. And he's doing it. And he's like... Yeah. Like, his look on his face while he's doing it. Like, he's taking it... confused. But he's, like, taking it seriously. And he's, like, trying to, like, jellyfish his hands. (laughs) It's funny. 
Then it's the last day. Their parents come to pick them up. That also pretty much goes how do you expect. Mm-hmm. Tyler tells his mom he realizes he's disrespectful and lazy. He's going to take each day to ask himself what he's done for her. Ariel's mom and dad come next. Ariel says her biggest takeaway is to not talk back so much and that she learned how to have more balance spending time with her family and friends. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Forsyths are like, it was so wonderful. Yeah, was, I don't know. It's just all yep. the things you'd expect. Nothing to get into. Mm-hmm. Anything, Dad? No. Okay. It was it was very of that era ancillary reality TV. Like, you're not going to keep... You're not going to tune in every week to make sure that you watch World's Strictest Parents. I'm not going to keep watching World's Strictest Parents, though. Strictest? Did I say that? Did I say it trick? felt like... It felt like... What was that show on Fox? Like, fucking Super Nanny or whatever oh, the yeah, hell? Yeah, like, yeah, it felt yeah. like that show. That's I'm better like, than this show. I'm like, who watches this stuff? I mean... But so, here's the thing about Super Nanny or Nanny 911 or whatever the fuck it was. There was two versions. There was two of them mm-hmm. that they're exact. But that, at the time, there was, like, two versions of every concept yeah. of show. Like, literally mm-hmm. everything had at least two. But those are the type of shows that you don't watch week to week. But if they're on in the background, you're like, meh. Eh. It just wasn't my taste, so I'm not judging if that was what people watched. But like that, that stuff just didn't catch. I watched nothing on E, other than Talk Soup. You know what I mean? Like there was no, like that just wasn't the things that I was into. So Talk Soup is. I thought it was called The Soup. It when it first started, it was called Talk Soup. Hmm. So meaty. <laughs> Let's talk about chicks, Ch- man. Chicks, man. Chicks, man. Man, it's such an era. <laughs> Fucking era. Back when E was really good. He was good back then. Girls Next Door. I loved E! True Hollywood Stories. God, it was a fucking era, man. Anyways. Okay, so now, because I can't help. So that's it for the recapping. Mm-hmm. Recap number two of this episode. Weird. Yep. But now, because I just can't help myself, I'm going to give you a little extra info on Fort Rock. Not really a deep dive, more of a snorkel. Snarkle. So they mentioned in the show, but I can't remember if I mentioned it here, but the camp is located right up against the Ozark National Forest. Mm-hmm. I put it into Google just to get an idea, and it's about 45 minutes from Legoland. 46 <laughs> miles. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I put right... No, I wrote, I wrote 46 minutes. It was 46 miles. Mm-hmm. So not too far. Closer than I thought. I was thinking it was far away for some reason. Mm-hmm. in my head then um as we hear in both of the episodes from today how terry started the camp for families but here's a little added context so it was back in 1995 that uh, so austin would have been about two and megan would have been about four that mm-hmm. he says god put a burden on his heart for families he said up until that point he had been working a lot and that he turned to god and had made changes in his life Basically, he wanted to start, wanted to focus on giving fathers time with their families and children, which I feel like you'll kind of understand more down the road. Mm -hmm. But today, I'm really just kind of focusing on the camp. Okay. So they're living in Texas at the time, and they ended up moving to Arkansas to buy this property and start the camp. So when you go to their website, on their main page, it reads, experience nature, escape busyness, enjoy family. So now I'm going to give you a little added detail on the property itself and the family camp. Okay. They describe the family camp camp as an adventure vacation. And that's kind of it. (laughs) You don't give a whole lot of descriptors. (laughs) It seems a lot less regimented than some of the other things that they offer that we'll get to in a bit. But in a promo video, Terry Forsyth asks you to leave your electronics behind. 
Gizmos. I, I gotta admit, I was really upset. I was bummed he didn't say Gizmos again. Yeah. But you know what the real the real question is, Tim? What's that? Can I still bring my who's its and what's its? Ooh. What about my gadgets or my thingamabobs? That's true. You think I can still bring all of those? Depends how many. Because I got have. plenty. <laughs> That's the big question. It's the only other other time you hear gizmos. I got gadgets and gizmos of plenty. See, I was thinking DuckTales. Gizmo it's... Duck. Oh, see, I, I, I went straight to, and I went Little Mermaid. <laughs> I got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got Whitney a coffee mug that has that. And it's the I drank thing out of that, that today. See? It's the thing that has like the noun and blah, 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 and noun and like the list. Yep. And it's all those. Yep. So on the property, there's actually a lot to do. The main area looks like an 1800s town. So there's places to take pictures and it's cute. And as far as actual activities go, there's horseback riding like we comically saw today. But there's also paddle boats, a rifle range, axe throwing, archery, zip lining, an underground mine shaft slide, fishing, volleyball, horseshoe, horseshoes, um, access to hiking trails, and I saved the very best for last. They have skillet tossing. Ooh. What the hell is skillet tossing? The picture is literally people holding little cast iron skillets, and I think you throw them. Okay. I think it's like a cross between like horseshoes and like something else, but with like skillets. Okay. Skillet tossing. All right. When you were like, I think people toss skillets, but for why? That's what went through my head. Okay. That's it. That's it. They toss a skillet. So there's a lot of stuff you can do, and if you subtract subtract the whole, like, IBLP backdrop of it, it wouldn't be terrible, you know? There's a <laughs> lot of activities, but we know that these people have a way of taking something good and then fucking ruining it. <laughs> they really excel in that arena. So I'm one of those people who's really interested in how much things cost. So if you're like me, this next part is for you. The base price for a four-day family camp is 350 and the base price for a three-day camp is two twenty-five. Then from there, it's one hundred and ten per adult, which they consider thirteen or older. Then seventy-five dollars for kids ages five to twelve, and then kids four and under are free. So because I'm a fucking weirdo, I went and looked at the time of when it was and how old their kids and everything like that, and I got a Duggar estimate. <laughs> the Duggars did a four-day camp. It would have cost them one thousand eight hundred and six. Uh, eight hundred sixty-five dollars. If it was three days, it would have been one thousand seven hundred forty. But that's, but that's because like they, they have a bunch of kids that are like free to you mm. know what I mean because they have yeah. so many kids that fall free under that. But it's it's really not a bad price when you think about it though, because the entire thing is all inclusive. So for that, you get your lodging, meals, and access to all those activities, plus any sessions they might have. Right. The cabins are specifically designed for housing families, so they have a queen bed and two to four twin beds in the form of bunk beds. Hoping the Forsyths got them for $75 with the mattresses included, <laughs> but I don't know. We'd have to ask. But they, they have, like, heating and air conditioning. Like, they're yeah. legit. And then, like, the bathrooms, I guess, that they're divided into three sections. It's not even just keeping the toilet separate. Mm -hmm. It's, like, keeping the shower toilet. It's, like, really meant for families so that you can fully operate and then be modest you know, at the same time. Yeah. 
But oh, I will say though, you do bedding is not required or provided, so you are required to bring that yourself. Okay. So I guess this is where Jana could really feel like she was still camping, because <laughs> she had to at least bring her own sleeping bag wrapped up in her dad's belt, like of me. Of course, yeah. You know, so. Yep. Get the full feel. As long as you're bringing out the the sleeping bag and the, the belt, it's the same thing. Sleeping bag. It's the same yeah. thing. So we've talked about family camp. Now let's get into the various retreats that they host. So they have father son, father daughter, like we saw today, and mother daughter retreats. Which I guess that means that moms don't need to connect with their sons because there's zero mention of mother-son retreats. <laughs> Isn't that just funny to do all that and then leave that out? It's a little wild. I guess moms and sons don't really matter. Hmm. You you know, someday you'll get to shave their neck on their wedding day and that's all you need. <laughs> you know? What else do you need? That's a love language. I love you, Josh. Um. So then regarding those parent-child retreats on their website they say quote although we certainly allow parents to bring more than one child we highly recommend focusing on the one child and winning their hearts by showing that you will sacrifice time and money to be especially with them these two parents are not real good at that well i cannot imagine that this is popular advice in general amongst their iblp peers Mm -hmm. they're like one kid at a time (laughs) Like, they'd be there every weekend for fucking six months. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you start to go, oh, but it doesn't cost anymore. No, it would cost them more because there's that base price you have to pay. Mm. So if you have to pay the same base price every time, you're paying more. Maybe they can get, like, a frequent Forsyth deal or something. Oh, there you go. Freaking, yeah. yep. A punch card. Yeah, there you go. But I just, I think it's extra, like, rich coming from an IBLP family that has two kids. I mean, like, read the fucking room, Terry. You're selling this to other IBLP families, and you have two kids. And you're like, you know, you should really focus on your kids one at a time. And they're like, bro, you have two kids. (laughs) So in addition to these parent-child retreats, they also host marriage retreats every March and October for two days and three nights. It's described as a, quote, a variety of speakers present powerful truths from scripture encouraging couples to strive for a marriage the way God designed it to be. End quote. Okay. And who might speak at these retreats time and time again? None other than Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. Go figure. Because when I want to work on my marriage, I definitely want to hear what uh, Lego and Cannon have to say. Yep. I also cracked up because I was going back through their social media so I could see previous events and speakers and just whatever I could. And I found it really funny that they had Joy and Austin speak at a marriage retreat in the spring of 2018. Okay. Because if I can't get marriage advice from Jim, Bob, and Michelle, the sheltered 19-year-old girl with zero life experience... That's been married for less than a year is definitely my second choice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're all just clamoring to hear what Joy has to say when she's been <laughs> married for six and a half fucking minutes. Um, okay, thanks. Like, yep. I just think that's so funny. Like, they hadn't even married a fucking year. And they're like, here, you're like tw- a whole 20 years old. Now right. come tell us about marriage. <laughs> thanks. What have you learned in six months? God, it's so ridiculous. 
The last thing that they list on their website besides family camp and the parent-child retreats and the marriage retreats is that you can book your own custom birthdays or retreats and other events. Ooh. And one Duggar took it upon himself and did just that. Okay. And created their very own retreat. Wow. For their birthday? No. Oh, okay. Jed, actual missionary Jed, not Mm -hmm. artist Jed. The Jed Jed, the original Jed. The OJ. Yeah. Yep. The OJ. Yep. He created the Discipleship Summit back in, I think it was 2018, and he served as the director ever since. Okay. So because this was created by somebody else, it's not on the actual Fort Rock main page, but it is on their list of upcoming events and like their calendar and things. So since they're just like the, the location for it. And Missionary Jed created it. Jed has created its own website and like Instagram and things like that. So it's its own wow. separate entity. It's just so a, it's a it's just a thing that they That's have. At, there. Yes. Yeah. So what is Discipleship Summit? It's kind of like summer camp for singles. <laughs> On the website, it's described as, quote, the Discipleship. I don't know why this word is so hard to say. Discipleship <laughs> Summit provides an opportunity for young adults aged 15 to 25 to deepen their relationships with the Lord and one another through sessions and activities. (laughs) So it's pretty much like if Christian Mingle and Events and Adventures fornicated and had a baby. (laughs) Do you remember those? um, Oh, yeah. Commercials. I remember that because they used to play them on the alternative station here in town. And it would be like, Here's the next two events we're doing. And then they would say what it was. And it was always like a hike and then like something in Old Town Scottsdale. Yeah. And then so it would be like there'd be a crawl in Scottsdale and then it'd be whitewater rafting. And then it would be like, we're going to go to the whatever museum. And then the next week they're going to go hike the Camelback Mountain. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what this is. Summer camp, Christian Mingle, events and adventures all coming together. (laughs) I, but I, I do have a few things I want to say about that age range. I find it odd that they have a 10-year span when it really does feel like this matchmaking opportunity. So to me, that feels really inappropriate to have a 15-year-old and a 25-year-old lumped <laughs> little... together in the same yeah. same group. When those ages, you're fucking worlds apart. You, oh, should, yeah. be, you should be worlds apart. <laughs> 15 and 25... Yay should have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. So there should be one for teens, I feel, and then there should be one for young adults. Mm-hmm. Because to me, a 10-year age gap like that is wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Where, why does this 15-year-old need to spend time with a 25-year-old in a setting that is pretty much, without saying it, is a fucking singles retreat? Right. Right? Yep. And also, I do find it funny that the cutoff age is 25. Yeah. It's almost like they assume you, you'll you either be married by 25 or if you're not, there's not much more that you can do about it. So why bother? Yep, exactly. You're a lost cause. <laughs> so poor Jana has aged out of her own younger brother's fundy dating sleepaway camp. <laughs> Even she can't. She's not allowed to go anymore. It's like, oof, sorry, Damn. Jana. Poor girl. And I, I mean, she, I she probably... I'd be happy if she doesn't want to go. That's great. Yeah. But I just think it's funny that it's like, ooh, sorry, Jana, you've aged out. <laughs> There's no more no yeah. more single retreats for you. 
So speakers at the Discipleship Summit, I did really good that time, <laughs> have ranged from Michelle. It's funny because you can see, like, I mean, these are all people that are within the realm, so none of it's um, surprising anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you th- think about it in the context, it's like whoever Jed can get to speak. It's Jed right. that's doing this, right? So people that he's had are Michelle, Gil Bates. You don't know this person yet, Tim, but another future Duggar in-law, which is Christina Caldwell. Okay. And of course, Jed and himself, <laughs> Jed himself and uh, his wife, Katie, they're speakers. Okay. So it's like he's rounding up. Uh, Whoever I can yeah. get my hands on, yeah. <laughs> so Jed uh, probably created a whole fucking camp to get some poor woman to marry his stupid ass. <laughs> and once he found a victim... I. I bet he's probably pissed that he still has to put the shit together. <laughs> he bagged his bride, so I can't imagine that he's super enthused to still have to like do right. this shit every July. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, so Fort Rock in general, between the family camps and then if you attend Missionary Jed's single retreats, it kind of feels like a smaller scale version of Big Sandy. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few places that fundy teens, kids... And young adults that shouldn't be really hanging out together um, can go and their parents are like somewhat okay with them talking to other human beings. <laughs> it's about as like free as they probably can be because right. it's like, oh, well, who's here? Mm, people we pretty much approve of for mm-hmm. the most part. Yep. So for them, it probably is like a wild, raging good time. <laughs> they can play volleyball, watch them jump a little, watch them start some lawnmowers. Right. They can ride a good horse (laughs) that took me a second (laughs) so now we're going to talk about the reviews of fort rock i looked across all different platforms um google reviews facebook their website all sorts of stuff and across the board the reviews are good one even saying that their eight-year-old proclaimed it to be better than disney world wow because you know satanic so well yeah Witchcraft, you know. Yeah. Giant rodent problem. Yeah, that too. And while I'm sure they might actually put together a pretty good camp as far as activities go and the facilities do look nice and, you know, well taken care of, Mm -hmm. I can't help but imagine that a huge part of their positive reviews is because every single IBLP family on the fucking planet has been there and left a good review. (laughs) I mean, right? They have a circle of a ass load of bodies mm-hmm. that can leave reviews that are positive for them. Yep. I recognize so many names in the reviews that it made me think of the ones that I don't recognize are still probably people within the circle. Mm-hmm. So Google reviews had a five-star review from fucking David Waller. Oh, my God. Hate that guy. But, of course, David Waller. Yep. Facebook had a five-star review from Debbie Pearl, who, Tim, you don't know about yet. But you will at some point down the road. Okay. This also gives me the opportunity to mention that pretty much any negative reviews that Fort Rock has at all has been written by people who not just who don't just leave a star rating and have actually like written reviews. They were all written by people who clearly had never actually attended the camp. Mm. But it was people who were speaking out against the pearls who were a speaker at one of the events at Fort Rock in 2018. Okay. So it was people knowing what the pearls stand for, which, I, like I said, you'll learn later on, mm-hmm. and just kind of getting on there and leaving those reviews against okay. that. But 
not actual like patrons or whatever. Right. So those were just a couple of the review names that I recognized on platforms outside of the website. On the actual Fort Rock website, they of course have an entire testimonials area. This includes a testimonial from the Reber family, who, if you remember, Tim, was the family that took in Josh while he was awaiting trial and couldn't be at his house. Mm. Um, but, you know, they, they were really the ones to come out on top because they got their clock, your their carport cleaned out and their wood cabinets <laughs> were conditioned. So it's yeah. like they won well, in the yeah. end. Like, yeah. They're the only ones. And it was also their daughter who shortly after that ended up marrying Anna's brother. So a review from the Reavers. You just see how small the circle is. Just It's so yeah. small at the end of the day. It's a lot of bodies, but it's very small. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, there was another testimonial from the Payne family. Another name you will hear pop up in the future. Okay. On the Bates side of things, you'll kind of hear that more. So the funniest part, though, is that in the middle of all of these like regular testimonials, right smack in the middle with a brightly colored different background than all of the others, like big bright green one that draws a lot of attention, is a testimonial from Jim, Bob, and Michelle. Of course. This is no regular testimonial. Okay. It's much longer, paragraphs long, and it includes their photo as well as their signatures complete with michelle's signature heart dotting the eye oh there it is always makes an appearance now it's kind of long and not worth it so i'm just going to read i'm not going to read the entire thing but here's how it starts out howdy folks we're the duggar family you might know us from tlc's hit show 19 kids and counting which is quite the quite the intro if i do say so i kind of wonder if lego hair or terry wrote that you know what i mean (laughs) like if he was just like can we do this like you know um and then they end it by saying fort rock camps are designed to draw families closer together promote teamwork and realize the value of each each family member if you're researching for an affordable getaway with your family we highly recommend fort rock who knows we might see you there so wow, I, they're like regular yeah. people. <laughs> we might see them there. Let's book today. Yeah. So I definitely get the vibe that Terry is thrilled being able to use the Duggar name as a draw Absolutely. in, you know. Um, and it looks like their daughter Megan works for Fort Rock in some sort of secretary type role. Mm. But for Terry and Roxanne, now that their kids are older and moved out with families of their own, they they can't rely on them before. So they do have to, they have hired out staff now. So it's okay. not just Megan and Austin doing right. everything. They can't rely on that steady stream of world's strictest Child. parents, kids. Yeah. You, you know. know, that's why they were like, Ooh, five days. We could, we could paint the shed. We could get the <laughs> yeah. lawnmower done. We could get the insulation. Yeah. 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 And on top of it, Terry learned how to like fist bump and jellyfish. So, I mean, you know, that was like the every, real... everybody won. Yeah. That was the real victory of the week. So, Joy and Austin do go back up there sometimes. It's mostly just kind of for visits, though. Like, I don't really see him doing... Like, he definitely doesn't work there. He's not going anymore. up there yeah. to work, yeah. Like, and if he... Like, he might go and help with projects, but he's not there. Like, he does not work there. Correct. But, um... He, so, he's not involved in the day-to-day in the same capacity that his sister is. But, that doesn't mean that Terry and Roxanne didn't get something out of Austin and Joy. Very prominently on their wood website is a video of Austin and Joy talking about Fort Rock and how wonderful it is. Okay. 
the part that stuck out to me the most is when Joy says that moms get a break and can relax can relax and focus on relationships instead of chores. <laughs> Which I just think it's funny because that she specifically mentioned getting away from chores. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I get it. We all like a vacation because you're you're not at home, so it's like you can't do that shit even if you wanted to. Right. That is the benefit of being away. But given all the responsibilities and things that we know they expect out of wives and mothers, mm-hmm. it just kind of hits a little bit different that she's like, yeah. I finally get a fucking break. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's kind of funny. And so that's just a little bit extra about Fort Rock. Oh, I do want to say I forgot this whole other part. So one final thing. I, I did try to find like somebody somewhere saying anything else about it besides like, it's a blessing for families, mm-hmm. which, you know... Not being besides not being able to really find any negative reviews, it's not even so much that I was specifically looking for somebody to say something negative, mm-hmm. but just looking for someone to like say anything really, mm-hmm. you know, like besides the the, the sponsored posi- the sponsor yeah the sponsored posts or the people who were writing reviews that never actually went there, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, is there anything out there? And it's like I really couldn't find shit besides um, this one thing I found. Can you hear that? A little bit. If you hear little bits of paper, it's because uh, Mildred is attacking uh, paper, rearranging Mama's notes. There you go. That sounds mm-hmm. yes. She's filing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's there filing. You there you go. Thanks, Mildred. It's a fine filing, uh, filing job you're doing there. <laughs> so the only thing I could really find was an article on a website called Little Things, but I did end up finding the exact same information on several other sites. But I'm just gonna say them. Okay. Apparently, so all the information in their article comes from a since deleted Reddit post. Because I was like, when at first, when they were like a person on Reddit, I'm like, how the fuck did I not come across this? But yeah. that's because it got deleted and they had just, they had this article from before and they just updated it to say that it had since been deleted. But it was a woman who attended a marriage retreat there in October of 2015. So her husband worked at their church. And their pastor offered for them to go for free because they were trying to figure out if it's something that they kind of wanted to promote as something for for couples in their church in the future. Uh-huh. So they just wanted to like test it out. So they're like, go for free. You know, we'll pay for it. Go check this out. Yeah. So she was a huge Duggar fan. So she was fucking pumped. And she was mm-hmm. like, yes, I want to go. And um, I guess her husband was not as into it. Like he was leery or whatever. But they went. And she talks about showing up and being the only one not in a skirt, which is, I'm like, you watch the show. You should know this. You should But know I think better. maybe she thought, but then again, maybe she didn't realize that Fort Rock itself was like so Duggarish, you mm. know? Um, then the first speaker, she, they, she says she doesn't remember exactly what it, because this is years later when she was writing it. She doesn't remember exactly what the session was about, but the speaker was using like famous art pieces in part of their presentation, but they censored out any part of nudity. Okay. Which is just funny because it's an it's a marriage retreat. They're all adults. <laughs> and think yeah. of like classic art. Is anybody looking at fucking classic art and fucking like getting mm, a boner yeah. and like you know what I mean? Like people are like, Oh yeah, look at that. Like who's I mean, looking at you, that? Have you seen the scream? Whew. Does Damn. it for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Salvador Dali and those melty clocks. Hot. Really does it. Yep. Yeah. So it's just funny. It's not like there's any kids around. Even mm-hmm. then, it's like it's like classic art, whatever. But it's like you can't. There's not even the level of like okay, mm-hmm. there's some kids, and you don't want them looking at the penis, like or whatever. Right. No, 
they're all fucking adults. Yeah. They're all married. I think they've seen this before. <laughs> so it's just an odd thing to censor for adults. Like yeah. they can't handle looking at the statue of David or something. You know, it's right. just stupid. So then she said that there were pamphlets found in the camp that talked about the dangers of contemporary Christian music, which makes me wonder if it's that one of the IBLP ones. Because remember, mm-hmm. it was like the um, the danger, the dangers of the rock beat or blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I wonder if it was a separate one that they made themselves or if it was the exact IBLP one. Just kind of right. curious. And then she said that in both sessions that they attended... Um, but also at mealtime because it's communal. It's a big dining hall. And right. you kind of mentioned earlier about seeing like the scene with the girls playing foosball. It's because they have this big dining area where they have all, they serve all the meals. There's ping pong, there's foosball. And then there's also pews set up towards a stage. It's mm-hmm. kind of where they do all of this stuff, right? Yeah. So she was saying that between them saying it actually in the sessions, but then also having to have these meals with people, they basically just kept railing against homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, public school. Sorry, right. I said that wrong. Um, and that, you know, promoting homeschooling. And they were saying just like how dangerous it was and that they were encouraging her to pull her daughter out of school as quickly as possible before she made friends. Right. Awful. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's yeah. Not even trying to like, they're like, no, pull her up. Don't let her make mm-hmm. friends. I could, you know. Yeah. Then she'll want to go back. So like I mentioned earlier, Lego and Cannon were frequent speakers at the marriage retreats. And they were speakers when she and her husband went. So this is why she was so excited because she was like, not only am I going to this thing that she knew was mm-hmm. sort of affiliated, like had been on the show yeah. at that point, but she was like, oh, they're actually going to be there. Correct. So she said, quote, Jim, Bob and Michelle spoke and that was the absolute cherry on the freak cake. So the timing is interesting because it's about five months after the molestation news news broke and after Kids and Counting got canceled. Mm -hmm. Since I didn't get to read the actual post since it got deleted, I don't know if there were more details. So I'm just going off of what these articles say. But the poster said that they were that Jim, Bob and Michelle were emotional and open about Josh. But it's like they're never really open and honest about Josh, as we've yeah. learned. So I'm like, I'm just kind of curious. I wish I knew what she was saying was being open. Correct. Is is open? Is is this person's idea of open just acknowledging that it fucking happened? That something happened. Like yeah. you know, what I, like I think to some people that's that they're like, oh look at them. Yeah. They're being so open. I'm like, just saying that it happened isn't really. I mean, it's in the fucking news. Like, yeah. like oh, so they get like. 0.25 of a point for not just completely <laughs> acting like it never happened while they're speaking like right i don't know so i'm like what do you what do you mean by they were open i wish yeah. i knew more well they well they used to do nothing so does do it does acknowledging it show growth oh sure sure yeah <laughs> it's plenty yeah. of growth yep. if you could grow a little more a little faster that'd be great <laughs> So I'll end this with some quotes from the poster saying, quote, Michelle didn't talk. I don't know if she wasn't allowed, but she barely said a word, just stared up at Jim Bob like he was gold. (laughs) So I feel like this is a combination of the taut, adoring gaze of your Mm -hmm. husband. But I think it's combined with Jim Bob controlling the narrative about Josh. So it's like, keep quiet, nod along. 
shut up don't fuck this up yeah. just go with it because mm-hmm. i feel like it's absolutely like he can't risk her saying anything so he's going to control everything that's get said and she's going to stand there and mm-hmm. be the supportive wife st- stare at him you know adoringly mm-hmm. and just be supportive and so open you yep. know <laughs> so convincing yeah they also said quote to be honest they were upset about it all but it seemed to me and it, it was more about being upset that this all came out and that and that is actually that's exactly it yeah because the problem isn't the problem the problem is people talking about it just like last week Mm -hmm. when we explored steve gothard yeah that's the problem with these people it's a through line in all of iblp yeah don't talk to people outside of your family about this Mm -hmm. you know don't talk about it. And then it it starts out with just like, don't. And then it goes to like, no, literally don't talk about this anymore. Yep. Like how he literally had like separate meetings. I'm like, okay, you guys mm-hmm. are, ta- you can't talk about it, period. Yeah. If you hear, if you're her talking about it, this yeah. is gossip and you're talking mm-hmm. ill of another and you signed a contract. But so it's just so funny to see these recurring themes of mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, they never think the problem is the problem. Yeah. Everybody else is a fucking problem. You talking about us a problem. Yeah. You're, you're just gossiping. Yeah. So that's uh, just a little bit about Fort Rock. This is, I wanted to, we will definitely in the future actually get more into the actual Forsyth family. Mm. But just for the sake of today, I just want to talk about the camp itself. Um, and it's just funny the little ways that it, like, everything interweaves. So mm. yes, it's like Joy married into that family. But then jo- that Jed is hosting this weird little retreat thing. And then all right. the people that come and speak at it. And it's just mm-hmm. like, they all just, it's all like this in circle yeah circle of fundy life yeah it's wild and we will get back to our regular scheduled uh deep dives next week so Mm -hmm. this is a not a normal but you know i just felt like i had to acknowledge it because it was all within the same time period on the same topic so Mm -hmm. here we go yeah that's it so we had in our like growth as a pod you know we started um through buy me a coffee uh we started uh a membership um type program pickle a month yeah pickle of the month club um servant's heart (laughs) um so that's been going super well i think buy me a coffee is a pretty good platform for that so whitney and i are actually going to record our first uh kind of like member extra exclusive like side story um tomorrow so we'll get that posted pretty soon but so to the members that we have thank you so much we absolutely appreciate your support and it's kind of cool it's kind of cool to see this growth you know yeah it's really fun and it was like just saying to tim when i was looking at our analytics before we started i remember when we hit a hundred thousand plays period and i was like oh Mm -hmm. my god and then now we're getting a hundred thousand in 30 days yeah so it's crazy Really I, was, crazy. I also saw on our list, Spotify will show us where in the world that people listen from. Where in the, is Carmen in the San past. Diego? That was where I was. That was the energy I had. Um, somebody from the Isle of Man listened. Did we talk about this before? No? I don't think so, because I've never seen it before. Oh. The Isle of Man. And so, that's so like cool sounding isn't it isn't that <laughs> fucking cool i'm like i'm from arizona and they're like they're from the isle of man right one of my favorite things was uh when justin timberlake was on snl him and jimmy fallon used to do the barry gibb talk show 
Yeah. And it was yeah, and it was both of them and and um Barry Gibb would always get mad at the at the guests and kind of like yell at them. And my favorite line was I wasn't born on the Isle of Boy, I was born on the Isle of Man. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so if you're a listener from the Isle of Man, reach out to us. Shout out. That's exciting. I was born the Isle of Man. I was in the Isle of Man. So you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, my throat is itchy. I have to stop talking. <laughs> Did somebody read my wish list yesterday? Oh, um, is that in your little journal that they tell the husbands to have? <laughs> exactly. You did good work, even though it wasn't a even though it wasn't a traditional deep dive. You still put in a shit ton of work. <laughs> I told Tim it wasn't as exhausting. It was just mm. it took as much time, pretty much. It just wasn't yeah. as emotionally taxing. Yeah, and exhausting. But um, I'm ready to get back to a regular deep dive. It was a different week, but I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like dig deep again. You know? Yeah, it's nice so. to sprinkle those in, though. Yeah. So kind of cool. Something different for a new season. So as always, uh, you feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash diggingupthedug. Um, you can send us an, a message at diggingupthedugers at gmail.com. You can enjoy our episode visuals and other shenanigans, which were Arthur-related this week. We yep, had... he got his own set of visuals. Yeah. People, when I did the regular visuals, they're like, I thought we were going to see Arthur. And I'm like, he doesn't need to s- mm. share space with these people. He gets no. his own. Yep, it's that Too scarf. Special. Yep. The, so... the scarf was front and center. It's the first picture yeah it was a perfect picture that like encompasses the energy of arthur yep. so i love that man there's videos of him three videos of him dancing of him dancing there's a yep. whole thing there yeah i actually have a funny story later on that we were going to include that we cut so um anyway i texted him and said he's a star so um yeah so if you en- if you want to join us for those visuals you can hit us on the instagram day at digging up the duggers pod and if you'd like to send us traditional mail, we do have a P.O. Box at P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona, 85312. So have yourselves a wonderful week and uh, be a good... Don't be a worthless box. Don't be a worthless box and be a good horse. Oh, sorry.